Hello. Hey. Hi. And welcome to. Hey, hey. The Hey, I'm Ty Etherton. And I'm Kira Sweeney. And we're two former theater kids now turned forever theater adults. Whether we like it or not. We're talking about all things theater, education, and the performing arts. So let's get into some um i was trying to give you my best britney i don't know if it really really works like (laughs) um related but here's the deal we don't talk about current events a lot of the time on here um this britney divorce is crazy to me like tbh i have been avoiding doing a deep dive into that because I'm scared for my mother. I am I am worried for her. Even more so than the conservatorship. Because we already knew that was that was wild. Right. This is all coming out of the just left well, field. Okay, so apparently it's fans and like reported sources close to the couple that are reporting that she was like abusive physically to Sam. That like all of this. But Sam has been very vocal on social media that's like no like a lot of things are being misconstrued but he's also not being like she doesn't hit me but here's the reason why he is trying to go around this prenup because there was a prenup when they got married which i don't think she would have done if she was not in her conservatorship but also this is a good thing that she had a prenup because he's trying to get uh the prenup revoked so that he can get some of the money that she has made in her career but, like, he's, like, a hot model. So I don't think, like, he's poor. Anyway, I don't know. That's what you missed on Glee. I mean, he's got to, yeah. Like, he, uh, I don't know. That sounds selfish. But whatever. That is celebrity <laughs> life at its finest. He's Brittany not will even be fine. a celebrity. Yeah. Brittany will be fine. Jason. She's going to do yeah, what we've been be manifesting for years. Do you remember that one Oh, yeah. Baby's going to go back to yeah. Vegas. She's about to be back to the studio, back on tour, Vegas residency, and that's where we ascend. Uh, Broadway, maybe? I don't know. Would the, would the show be fine if they brought her back on? <laughs> hey. In other current events. <laughs> in other current events. Sorry, someone's dying. We were already planning this episode. Like, we are literally have been planning <laughs> this episode since I saw the show, we were like, we have to talk about it. We need to tell everyone how amazing the show is and to go see it. Right. And then this week, on Monday, what do we get? News well, that they're closing the show on Broadway. Here's the deal. It drops like a week. This will be the final, this will be the latest episode of Theater Thoughts on the day that it closes. So we really are. Hey, today's episode, we are talking about the hit Broadway musical, Gone Too Soon, Lost, but Will Not Be Forgotten, the no. Once Upon a One More Time jukebox musical set to the iconic hits of Britney Jean Spears. A Broadway yes. musical that is currently on Broadway that is new, and we have been fortunate enough in our very busy Colorado suburban life to actually go to mm-hmm. New York and see it individually 
Um, but both of us have been Britney Spears fans for for a hot minute. No, my mom found this piece of paper a couple of months ago when she was like cleaning out random things. I'm like my mom. I hoard things. Like I love having old pieces of paper. It's or like whatever. memorabilia. Yeah. So she found this like she found this piece of paper. She did this like interview with my brother and I. I'm probably like six or seven at the time. Um, and my neighbor Kayla in California growing up was ride or die Britney. Of course. Like she had the posters in her room. MTV when I was at her house. like she was a Britney fan and that is where I absorbed my love for Britney and my mom found this paper and she asked me at like age six or seven who one of my favorite artists was and I had like a list I don't remember the other two the third one Britney Spears she's an icon she's a legend um she was a Britney fan it means am I a Britney fan Pull up in Sri Lanka. Am I a Nikki fan? I was trying to find something like, am I a Britney fan? All of the boys and all the girls. No. Am I a Britney fan? Leave Britney alone. <laughs> yeah, for real. Honestly, the Chris Crocker. Um, this is a great musical, and I'm here to defend it. Um, and Same. I do have some ideas of what it should have done, some directions it could have gone to maybe still be playing past September 3rd. Um, but we'll get into that. First off, initial impressions of this. What do you have to say? Honestly, uh, well, also, this is like a script tease adjacent episode. Like, we're going to be talking about the show. Mm. Like, we're we're having a dialogue. We're talking about the show, but also... at first, it was going to be like, let's talk this show up so that more people go see it. And now it's one of those things where I'm like, honestly, the conversation is kind of going to shift. Right. One, I think that would be crazy not to try to license this show. I, I was agree. sitting in the audience and was like, give me, let me get my hands on this. Let Second, me get my hands on Second, this. I need everyone to listen, whoever's producing this. You have to release a, release a cast album. We these arrangements are everything. If I don't get a cast album, <laughs> I will write it. Put me in a conservatorship. <laughs> because I'm gonna I'm go unwell. 2007 Britney to the extreme. Been there, done that already. Honestly, let we can get into that as well. <laughs> this because we deserve this. But anyways, as I was saying. Um, but now it's one of the things where it's like honestly I kind of just want to preserve my memory of the show yeah absolutely since it is it is coming to a close I think sooner than anyone would have have liked yes. it I agree completely um, I was shocked initial impression say what you want <laughs> but I am not going to a Britney Spears musical for groundbreaking life altering shatter my heart theater about fairy no, tale creatures, about I'm, fairy tale characters. Like the bar is set pretty low. I am going for camp. I am going <laughs> for pop. I am going for choreography. I am going to just laugh my little face off, sing my little songs, wiggle my little finger. I was so worried that when I was doing all my little oh no, I did my that. little A drag queen finger times. shaking. 
I was the spotlights were like they felt like they were going oh, right over and me. If and you I were was to go so like worried this. I was gonna wiggle my hand and this I was gonna get caught in the spot. <laughs> Honestly, it would have been kind <laughs> of be like, oh yeah, that girl in the back, she's um, um but, but no. yes for what it was i loved it I, I had so much fun it was so joyful it was so um unlike anything i had ever seen before on the broadway stage yes. and i'll talk about that um and that is large in part due to the uh the director and choreographer team yes. um and i just had a freaking awesome time yes like i i I just walked out of the theater just with like the biggest smile on my face and was yes. like, man, that was so fun. Yeah, I agree completely. So yep. I hearken everything and that's that you're all saying. I, that's all I wanted it and all I needed it to be. Well, and sometimes that's all theater needs to be, right? Like, exactly. that's a good yeah. time. And we're going to break into it. But first, um, let's give you some context on just what the hell we're talking about and break down really mm -hmm. simple like plot summary premise of the show um for you to to kind of understand this for those that aren't aware of how the show um is structured so we talked about um it's titled once upon a one more time it is a fairy tale story set to britney spears music and the premise is while gathered together at a reading group for fairy tale princesses, Cinderella makes a desperate wish for a story beyond her typical Grimm's fairy tale. A fairy godmother known as the OFG, original fairy godmother, um, grants her wish, introducing the enchanted land to a well-known book known as The Feminine Mystique. Um, the book emboldens the likes of Snow White, The Little Mermaid, Sleeping Beauty, Rapunzel, and The Princess and the Pea to gain a new perspective on themselves as they realize waiting around to be rescued or kissed by a prince isn't the only road to happily ever after. And in between all of that is a ton um, of shenanigans and extra characters um, that are working to both help and uh, hinder these princesses from getting to their potential of whatever their happily ever after is. And that is the premise um, of the show. Concept wise, do you like it? I thought it was a great premise. It's characters that everyone already knows. It, everyone already knows the characters. And so humor, it's set in modern language. And so the humor comes from these characters acting certain ways that we are like, oh, that would make sense. Snow White would do that. Or that makes sense you know, uh, the princess in the pea would say that line. And there's humor in that. What did you think of the concept? I loved it. I mean, honestly, you're talking about like a like Disney lovers. It's not Disney exclusive, right? We're talking like general like characters. But obviously when you think princesses, you think a lot of the Disney girls, right? right? So it's like a Disney lovers, Britney Spears, Broadway loving bitches dream. Yes, like, I agree. I, I was not, like you said, it is a very basic plot, but lended itself to include a ton of characters which i yep. think was the primary yep and explore like female empowerment um in in the year of the barbie movie yep absolutely i just kept being like this is this is so right in the year of our lord and savior's barbie movie right this was very on brand with that like female centered stories um and also women are so funny and so like heart like 
friendships are so special and you know like you don't like there's just so many amazing well, messages that you get throughout their like different journeys uh, as characters and you add the central like turning point of the feminine mystique being brought to all of these women what was the shape of like the new wave feminism of like the 1960s and 70s like at the forefront like I loved in the mm -hmm. lobby the feminine mystique was being sold at the like swag um like merch one shop. guy got one and he got it autographed that's honestly kind of sickening. I kind of lived for that. It was so cute. I loved it. Do you yeah. love the, yeah, the like idea that it is a feminist piece set to Britney Spears music, who was kind of a topic of like free will and, and the ability to do whatever throughout the entire conservatorship. So you add that element on top. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. And it's just full all the go round. It's so, it's so intentional. It is so yeah. intentional. And like, is Britney Spears music that deep? No, but it didn't need to be. She no. writes pop hits for the girlies. Femininity first. And that is exactly why they used her music. Well, and it adds humor or it adds an element of like understanding of the character's intention. That's kind of what jukebox musicals mm -hmm. do, right? Sometimes jukebox yeah. musicals do this thing where they put a song in and you're like, why did you use this song? But sometimes it's silly, it's humorous, or it's like, hey, this character is talking, you know, the, the biggest example for this is Work Bitch. This, this show is a masterclass in comedy. I'm, yes. I'm honest to God. I literally laughed more during this show than I think I've laughed during some of the funniest plays I've ever seen in my life. Yes, it's hilarious. This shit was hilarious. So Work Bitch is one and of like, my like, favorite parts because mm -hmm. it has, the song has no other purpose but then to just be comical and to set up something yes. that we already know, those of us that know Cinderella, who is the protagonist in this story, right? And her stepsisters making her work. And so the stepsisters mm -hmm. sing work, bitch. And that is funny. Mm -hmm. That is humor. Yes. That, and it that's all so it needed good. to be. There was no other exactly. purpose behind that. No, it's not that deep, girl. It doesn't need to be that deep. But then at the end, Cinderella sings the, Hold your head high, feelings to the sky. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to work. I'm going to work my ass off to yeah. be whoever I want to be. So then there's also like these songs, the whole point of musical theater is music pushing the plot along. It still did its job. Like it was clear that what oh, she was doing. 100%. And we're, we're, we're living in a Mamma Mia type jukebox yes. musical sitch with this one where there were lyric changes. Yes, absolutely. Like I, and that is set, the tone for that is set at the very beginning of the show when they're singing Baby One More Time as the opener. And at right. the end, they say, once upon a one more time. And I was right. like, okay, good, boom, got it. I know exactly yeah, they set you up for success what right is about away. to happen with all of these songs. It's not going to be the exact same like song that I am familiar with, but I'm going to know it's a Britney song. Right. It's the tunes all there. Most of the lyrics are all there. The the melody is all there. Everything's there. Yeah. Um. When we come back, yeah. we'll go down memory lane, see kind of how this show came to Broadway, and then we'll talk about how it fell in the hands of iconic 
um, directors slash choreographers. Um, some of the standout cast members, standout moments, um, and uh, what the future of Once Upon a One More Time holds in the world when we come back. Honestly, let me get my hands on this show for like a high school camp. I will. That's what I'm saying. Boots. Boots. It would be killer. The amount of girls you can cast in the amount of girls you can cast in this show. Right. That is enough for them to be like MTI. It's like a four to one ratio. There was like what those six boys plus charming. You have like and the narrator, I guess. So eight men, right? And the narrator does not really have like to sing. Versus like a twenty, no. Versus like a twenty-person female cast and ensemble. Yeah. Call Brittany up. No. My favorite thing, the happy ever after or whatever shit they did. Oh yeah. Hey, by the way, we're back. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> uh, talking about once upon a one more time. Um, and how iconic it was. Um, but it has been through the ringer. So let me read you what I found from our handy dandy trusty so uh, source, Wikipedia. Um, okay, so <clears throat> this takes us all the way back to 2017 when it was announced that they people were working with Britney Spears on a Britney Spears themed musical. Now, it was not revealed that it was set to fairy tale characters or anything. So I'm interested to know if there were any ideas going around by the the book writer of like how do we want to center all of these songs or were fairy tale creatures the OG like we're going to do this and it's going to be with Cinderella as the protagonist. I have no idea, but. I think yes, because of the song Cinderella. Like there. That's also true. Once they started singing that, I was like, wait, this, this makes, all makes so sense. much sense. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they did have another vision, but at least to me, once I heard that and was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about this. Like honestly, right, deep cut Britney song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like. Loki. I'm wondering if that um, was the case. I think that it might have been, you know, looking at her rep, what can we pull? It could they could have done Lucky. That also would have been a bomb concept. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it would have yeah. been sickening. Um, so it started out its previews in Chicago at the Nederlander there um in late fall 2019, um, before going to New York City. Um, and it it was scheduled to a premiere in October 20, uh, 2019, um, but it was delayed for the following year due to just some um, rewrites. Some, they were just going through it, reworking. That's not uncommon in the Broadway writing process to, to plan for a day to start previews um, and then things go late. So then they um, started working with a date that they were anticipating to start April 14th, 2020, and run through May of that year. Um, and of course, March 12th, 2020 comes around um, and they are shut down because of Covidina. Yeah. So this goes um, on a complete hiatus 
um, and is sitting there. However, um, what's really cool is during these previews leading up to the pandemic, before they were shut down, um, Briga Helen and Justin Guriani, um, who are the pr- protagonists, Cinderella and Prince Charming, um, were uh, already casted, right? Briga Helen is a fantastic uh, kind of smaller actress. Um, I watched a show years ago called Great News that she was the uh, lead in, and it was fantastic. And then Justin Guariani, not only runner-up to Kelly Clarkson, but also, more famously... Little Sweet in the Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper, actually, commercials. I love and that. you man. are obsessed Honestly, with that. Little Sweet is my favorite marketing mascot. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> like, unapologetic about it. That man is so freaking talented. Yeah. Like, oh. he... He was... Staying his little... Woo, he was oh little sweet adventure. He literally was little sweeting his little sweet tush around that whole stage. And we I have friends like, we call little sweet now because they mimic that. I was like, is he even like acting as anyone but little sweet right now? I wasn't mad about it honestly. I was obsessed with that character choice. But regardless, personally, him and Briga, I and they were great the com- together. Yeah, led the company with such like confidence yeah. and and like talent and humor and grace i met both of them at the stage door and they were just like the kindest sweetest people and they're kind of you know broadway is kind of all about of marketing of who is who um mm-hmm. and to have the two of them be the two leads and be i don't want to speak extemporaneously well known, but they're the most like, well known they're the most mm-hmm. well known but they were also kind of, I mean, Justin Guariani has been out of the limelight for a while in terms of like day-to-day. When it was American Idol, he was a household name, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Briggy Helan has always been like an, an okay, you know, actress in terms of no, you know, knowing who she is. Notoriety. Yeah, yeah. But both of them were absolutely fantastic. And cool to know that they were there during the trial as well. It wasn't like they were brought on. Um, so after the pandemic started to lift a little bit and people could go back to work, um, that is when um, the writer of the show reached out to famed directors and choreographers the beautiful uh, married couple, Keone and Mari Madrid, um, who you know them, and I'm going to let you talk about like why this was a great choice at this time for them to take the control of the of the show. Because this is like the biggest thing I think you can speak of, of they are one of the reasons the show was fire. Yes. I, as a dancer and choreographer, this was my literal dream. They, they, I'm at a loss for words. They're just so freaking talented and everything they do is storytelling first. Right. They've always been really like driven by using dance to tell a story, to create a character. Um, Some of you probably know Keone and Mari from their stint on uh, World of Dance. They've been in a couple of music videos, most popular, probably the Love Yourself Justin Bieber music video. 
Um, I know lots of their uh, like old YouTube videos that I used to love watching of some of their like, um, you know, little pieces of, of choreography, mostly hip hop um, influenced style choreography, but they, I don't even know if you can necessarily just put them in that hip hop box because they do a right. lot of other things. They influence, they're influenced by a lot of other types of movements and, and genres of, of technique. Um, but I think it was a freaking brilliant call to bring them on because everything was so cohesive absolutely yes in terms of 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 the movement of not just people movement of things uh creation of character everything was so together like there was it just worked so well as a as a big unit as the ensemble as the the core group of characters it just it was magic now we are seeing something and <clears throat> saying this might take me out of a job and just give you all of our work together. However, we are seeing successful shows. Mean Girls is another one of mm -hmm. there is such a emphasis on using dance for transition for character story and whatnot when a director and a choreographer are the same person when they mm -hmm. are in charge of both responsibilities we are seeing a difference in theater and i think mean girls and once upon a one more time are perfect examples both shows i love very much um, mm -hmm. And they are both great examples of creating a cohesiveness. I think as a non-dancer or like uh, understanding of the dance world and like notoriety of, of choreographers, I think if I were, I, I cannot believe how stylized their choreography was in this show. It is a show like no other that I've seen. And if they were to do another show and I didn't know that they were choreogra choreographing it, I think after the first song, I would be like, oh my goodness, I know that these two choreographed it because it was so stylized. What do you even I call think, that style? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful reign of Keone and Mari on Broadway. There is such that. a space for this type of dance. Um, and really just like general, like, like I said, they utilized a movement in every aspect yes. of the show the narrator had this little motif that he repeated every single time he interacted with the character and that was just like a simple thing there was a couple of times where you saw the characters like moving their hands and in a very intentional way when singing like a more in you know softer intentional ballad that you don't see a lot in other Broadway yeah. shows there was so much choreography so much dance but they weren't just dancing to dance everything was story driven yeah. 100% um obviously you have moments where it was like more spectacle um you know oriented where they're just you know giving you those big amazing show stopping dance numbers that broadway is known for um but also in their own unique keone and mari way i would say like i said lots of hip hop influence um they i think their style as as like lyrical hip-hop um as it is was so well 
put onto actors. And then they also had a really strong team of their dance ensemble yes. that like you could tell they had people where this was like their background of dance was this yes. more like street um which is style. new it's new it's in the last five years that is yeah. new to to broadway which is amazing yeah. yeah there's such a space for it yeah um and i was just so impressed at how they made everything so intentional and everything looks so good yes as I well agree. yeah they're I amazing agree. i could literally talk about them all day every day but yeah we can well, they're brought on in Chicago when talks of revisiting um, uh, the workshop in Chicago are brought up. Um, in mu much like a lot of Broadway pre, you know, pre Broadway shows, um, money is a factor. Um, Chicago wasn't sustainable anymore, so you go to the next best place to do workshops, and that is Washington D.C where there is a ton of pre-Broadway tryouts. Um, so they're at the Shakespeare Theater um, in Washington, D.C., um, doing previews. Um, and it got a pretty good... Um, it, it got pretty good feedback. Um, it's very similar to the feedback we were given, where, like, us as theater professionals, I'm well aware that the story is not something that has changed me forever. But then again, not every single piece of theater I need to go into and watch something that changes me or makes me put a new perspective on life, okay? This was campy. If I'm a Britney Spears fan and it was set to Britney Spears music, it was silly, but it also had heart to it. There was yes. heart in there. There's, uh, you, you know, um, Cinderella leading a group of women to truly see their true potential of how they don't need to be a part of this mundane story following. Um, there's also a, a very minor subplot of the uh, uh, Prince Charming's assistant falls in love with one of the dwarves and it's a gay couple. And it's just, it's so kind of not relevant to the show, but you also are just all like, oh my God, yes, end up together. Like each time they interact, you see a little you're bit like, more of them. And like, oh. I love it. And there's not like any any motif around the fact that they're both men and it's like, they're trying to be secretive about it. No, it's just two characters flirting that fall and then getting love. to know each other and then fall in love. So it gets really good feedback in Washington, D.C. Um, A reason why it does a year and a half tryout, which... That is really long. And do you know why it had such a long tryout? No. Because there was a lot going around with licensing because of if or if not, Britney gets out of her conservatorship. And this mm. is all happening at this time, right? Yeah. And so once Britney, hashtag free Britney is freed, um, when she got out of her conservatorship, um, in fall of 2022, the story is greenlit and then they head to Broadway. Um, so preview started in May of 2023, May 13th at the Marriott Marquis theater. Um, uh, and I saw it in previews. So I saw it May like 28th or something like that. So mm -hmm. like a week after or two weeks after it had opened. No, only like a week after it had opened. Um, and then it opened June 22nd. All right. Um, some other standout cast members as we go into this now. Um, but I'm going to save a special one for the end. 
um, <laughs> is uh, the narrator was played by Adam Godley, who was Mike TV's dad in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. And he still looks the same. Um, yeah. I was a big Mad TV fan, and the OFG is played by Brooke Dillman, and she plays, there's a really funny sketch in there called Stuart, and it's mm -hmm. this mom and this son, who, the son is played by, like, a seven-foot-tall grown man, but she's always, like, Stuart, and he, like, acts bad, and it's, like, it's, basically, Mad TV was, like, a, a B, a B-cast SNL. Um, oh, I loved Mad TV. Right. And uh, Brooke Dillman was on Mad TV and was fantastic in it. She's um, also she a voice on Bob's Burgers. She is a voice on Bob's Burgers. Doesn't she play? I think she plays um, Linda's sister. I think that's I think yeah. that's who it is. I don't know. Um, I recognized her right away. I was like, oh my gosh, work, bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Jennifer Samard plays the stepmother. Um, and she, she is. has... She has been um, in Broadway productions. Uh, she was in Putnam. She was in Shrek. She was in Sister Act. Um, she originated the role of Sister Mary Downey in Disaster, the musical, right? Which both you and I are really hyped up. Um, and then she um, was most recently um, the secondary character in Hello, Dolly!, that was revived with Bette Midler. So she played the stepmother and was also great. Um, and then also it featured um, a uh, uh, Broadway novice, but not completely new. Um, most recently was the first black Anna um, in Broadway's Frozen, UNC's own. Um, uh, we share an alumni with her. Um, and that is Aisha Jackson, who played Snow White, who is actually like a, a prominent secondary character is very well featured um, and definitely drives a lot of the um, production. Um, seeing all of these people on stage, how do you think, it, you know, each of those people, these people did, um, these are Broadway, uh, these are Broadway veterans, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's cool is that nobody is like necessarily a Broadway legend in here. You're not going for the namesake, but there's still some You're greatness. Talent. Yeah. What did you think? Oh, I was really impressed by characterization across the board. I thought everyone was bringing something different to their characters that we had never seen stereotypically done before for those characters. Um, and just so much enthusiasm, so much, uh, everyone just had impeccable comedic timing. Yeah. Um, and just like really just just smart acting choices and vocals for fucking days. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I like we will champion Aisha all day, every day. It is so, so cool. And as UNC bears, it is like so much of, of who we are to be so proud of having her as an alumni of our school. Um, but like you can't even deny that she's like absolutely just so talented because the bottom of my broken heart oh. I literally was like you better tell somebody and I was like if someone's not out here booking her and her next show literally right. right now 
what are you doing? It's also a very odd placement. Not that I was mad at it, but it's like 40 minutes into the show that she does this <laughs> giant, what you would think would be like almost like an 11 o'clock act two number. Yeah. She just like goes to town. Um, You got to meet her after yes. the show Um, when you brought up that we were uh, all alumni. Um, yes. What'd she say when she, when you said, oh, I also went to UNC? Um, well, so I ran into two other people from right. UNC. Yeah, shout out to Joey and Miracle. I don't know if you guys listen, but it was so good to see you guys there. Um, but I ran into some other uh, people I know from school and we were just like chatting. And then we were all kind of standing by each other as Aisha like came over and I was like, oh, you have your little UNC cheering section over here. And then she was like, UNC, go Bears. <laughs> and then she was like, thank you guys so much for coming here. And like, she just was like so kind and so supportive. And I asked her if I could, you know, get her autograph, have a picture. I was like, I went through the ed program. We are so, you know, like so proud to have you um, as as someone who is a proud UNC alumni. Because it, yeah. it's just, it's so awesome to to see, you know, your journey and to to know that she's giving a lot of hope um, and a lot of pride to past, present, and future students of that school. And to tell to for us as re ultimate recruiters to mm -hmm. to showcase someone like that who is kicking ass mm -hmm. in New York City to our students as like, hey, this is a potential opportunity. She went through this program, you know. Yeah staffing's a little bit different now but <laughs> um you know that notoriety of Colorado you know we yeah. got a lot of flack for being in Greeley Colorado um and it's shit like this where I go you know what this is a point for us point for Greeley. <laughs> I was gonna there say a couple other standouts for me oh, at yeah. least um I loved the stepsisters oh they iconic comedy legends the other comedy legend was the princess in the pea. I don't know what I got to do to book that role. But she, like, it is quite literally one of the funniest so roles. Funny. So funny. Um, so that role the, is played the, by Morgan Whitley. Rapunzel was also a oh, standout yeah. for me. I wish she had gotten more because she was so amazing. Oh, and the Little Mermaid. That was also who barely talked cool, the whole time. Who barely talked until the very end. And then she gets right. to like solo her face off. Yes iconic yeah it was okay. absolutely iconic um hey when we come back we're gonna talk a little bit about um the uh technical elements of the show uh and then we'll talk about uh the inevitable closing of once upon a one more time um and what we see for the future of the show when we come back triple threat cast on Broadway yeah. right now. Yeah. And can you be anyone, funny? And can else, you be funny? Yeah. Anyone else want to pop it, lock it, drop it, sting their face off while also making the audience literally double over with laughter? I don't think so. I will raise you one that is doing something very similar and that's in Juliet. And Juliet. Yeah. That's the only well, one that I think is close. She's getting to stay. So. <laughs> 
but she's also in a smaller theater, which we're talking about that. Hey, by the way, we're back always. Um, uh, let's jump into some of the technical elements um, because well, let's break down the theater first. So the theater is the marquee theater that's inside the Marriott Hotel. It's a giant theater. I don't know who did marketing for this. I show. already know you were going to talk about the lobby. The lobby. <laughs> I love an immersive lobby. So we I have a picture that we'll post little, on the podgram. I went up the little escalator and I got to the top and saw like glitter and neon signs everywhere and was like, oh, glamour. I love yeah. being here. Honestly, they it was so good. The merch is so good. The yeah. the decoration they have like six little photo. I'll post one of them. Yeah. They have like six little photo booths that you can take pictures in. Um, but then honestly, yeah, the theater is pretty big. It's and huge. I was pissed. I was pissed. It was a Friday night on Broadway. Why was this theater not sold out? Okay, so let me break so down I'm a little bit of the marquee also, theater. Also, the other cool thing, you show up. I was like, oh, baby, I'm back at Taylor Swift. They gave me my little light-up bracelet, and I was so like... So the light-up bracelet, that's oh another God. big moment, right? I have my light-up bracelet somewhere around here. Um, So the Marquee Theater holds 1,612 people. Um, Standard, traditional um, Broadway theaters uh, seat anywhere from, like, 750 to 900 people. Okay. Um, 1,000 is a pretty good average um of course the most um the largest theater is the Gershwin um with like 1800 or 1900 seats so this is pretty close to the What's Gershwin there? theater wicked that's what i thought yeah. okay and wicked yes. is so well known that it fills up that those seats forever yeah. but um and we can continue talking about this um a little bit later in this segment but 1600 seats is very large for a broadway mm -hmm. theater right yeah. um the helen hayes has 550 seats right so you're talking a third of this to still can be considered a broadway stage um and i personally think a show like this should have been somewhere like the helen hayes theater mm -hmm. um to do but i digress um it's because it's in the marriott it's a very um nice theater it's been yeah. renovated and restored and you walk into the theater um and there's uh it's a blank stage um with just like this beautiful um crystal orb. orb that's lit up that has like a writing quill inside plume. of it yeah. a plume that, that shit was ostrich mama that was yeah. high quality oh yeah that, um, and it it's lit. fluffy um yeah and then the majority of set pieces um are wagons that are wheeled on um to denote certain things snow white's house the massive digital screen. Right. And then the big thing behind it is the digital screen behind it. The entire sides, it, it is very, it doesn't look like a normal proscenium stage because you have doors to the side. There's walls on the side of the stage and yes. on the back. So yeah. you're kind of in a box, which I think lends to the idea that the people, the, the characters are inside this mm -hmm. thing because the narrator goes out a specific door um yeah. on the second level um but the digital screen portrays a lot of um the scenery um and then you have wagons that involve certain things mm -hmm. um big thing i want to point out and i want to get your perspective on um pre 
realizing their femininity and their their ability to be who they are. We have traditional fairy tale costumes, and then these costumes transform into modern versions of those costumes. Thoughts, feelings go. You can't, you couldn't see me, but I was fake screaming because <laughs> if whoever designed the costumes, I'll tell and, you, and I'll hair and wigs and everything, if they don't get a Tony nom, I'm going to be pissed because the transition, the, the looks that we were getting, redonkulous shout out to lauren elstein uh who it looks like has worked uh worked on hamlet with sir ian mckellen um definitely worked at the royal shakespeare company bbc so this bitch is british i can already tell you um and this is her broadway debut she killed she She killed killed. Um, Um, the reveal the i saw that coming from a mile i did too yes Riga had the little like handkerchief on her head, and I was like, "That looks busted. If that doesn't come off, I'm gonna be so mad." And then they revealed, and I was like, "Yeah." Um. I also, was- since we have the playbill, we should continue shouting out some technicians. Um. You mentioned it. Uh. Shout out to Sven Ortel, who was the projection designer. Um. During yeah. like the best song, and I have goosebumps talking about it. During Toxic, which the stepmother is singing, there's this giant orb that can suck the girls in and like send them to the bad place wherever that is right and take them out of the story um and the narrator and the stepmother kind of go in cahoots as like villains and antagonists um because these women are not following what they've always done Mm -hmm. which is tell these stories um and so the projection just is this spinning like black hole kind of thing that the girls then the doors with the the choreography oh that's almost Oh, delicious. It was so good. I'm going to have Kira screen record part of that video because it's online and post that on the pod because it is sickening. So um, I think I think all of that, um, uh, all in all, the lighting design was fantastic. Um, Yeah, the costumes like she was giving us looks. Yeah, they were they were turning looks. The wigs were right. The costumes were right. My only complaint was the like maroon male chorus costumes literally the only costume i didn't like in the entire show everything else i was like yeah slay you guys look amazing which like a a royal uh what is that not army like a royal just princes they're just random princes i kind of wish they were like purple right but but she put like a rapunzel in that beautiful yeah deep Mm -hmm. purple but i was like maybe she wanted to be different but that was my only complaint costume wise were those little maroon costumes yeah um i feel that as well um okay the time has come to To we've talked about everything what to talk music to talk music standout moments on the so we have to shout out a couple people right yeah, it would be vocal arrangements like so, who so there's quite a few people that we need to shout out first off shout out to Britney Spears for writing this music right i don't know if she wrote all of it but she she wrote some of it um okay so <clears throat> you have a couple people that worked on this um you have Patrick Vicarelli who is the music supervisor um Matt Stein, who is a music producer. He also did K-pop, Here Lives Love, Moulin Rouge, Beetlejuice, Assassins. 
Um, so that's why it slapped so hard. Right, exactly. Okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> James Olmstead is the big one we need to shout out. He's the orchestrator and the dance arrangements. So, um, and he has, God, he's done orchestrations for the Tony Awards, the Devil Wears Prada musical, On Your Feet, uh, a bunch of Cirque du Soleil shows. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. He, he, he has composed um, a bunch of things. Um, he absolutely killed it. And then we also need to shout out Nadia Di Gallianardo, who was the vocal arrangement who wrote, I'm sure all the ensemble parts. Um, yeah. and she was the co-orchestrator for Waitress. Um, she also worked on the Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada, sorry everyone, it didn't, it's not doing well. It's we're in rewrites. I'm I'm a big proponent of it being great too, but it's just not being great right now. Um, but it's music by Elton John. So it's also taking um music written by Elton John. Did you not know that? No, oh, yeah, Devil Wears Prada That's has music so by Elton good. John. Um, but it looks like, like James original Olmstead, music, like Aida, I think so, or... like Aida. Then why is it not good? I think they're trying too hard. But James and Nadia, it looks like, worked together on the Devil Wears Prada, which kind of bombed right before what what would have been the time to start workshopping this this production. A couple of things to talk about. One, the music is great. I saw 90% of the same thing you did. But after previews, there were some things added and some things taken out. And I have, I want, Kira's going to post on the podgram. These are a bunch of things that I need to remember for us to post. The side-by-side of your musical numbers in your playbill and mine. What are the big differences? I think the Ooh. biggest one is three. You got a lucky reprise and you had yes. a scream and shout reprise. Yes. We... Neither give me more happens earlier. Passenger doesn't exist in uh, the version I saw. Oh, act one looks pretty the same, right? Act one is very similar. It's act two where we see a lot of changes. Oh, also, while Kira's looking at some of these differences, um, uh, Keone Amari also kept the original Oops, I Did It Again choreography. The audience great. collectively lost their mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know when it's it there. So, so you're like, good. okay. It was so yeah. good. Um, um, so you added three. I didn't see the song three. Basically identical act one. Okay. Totally different act two. Yeah. Which makes sense because act two is when they like, we hit the climax of her deciding to go to the real world at the end of act one. Right. And then act two, they're they're trying to I think figure out that whole journey of of them, you know, trying to assimilate to our world right. in Flatbush. Yeah. Flatbush. <laughs> Shout out to Flatbush. Um, yes, I saw three, which was, I mean, okay, honestly, anytime Justin was on stage, it was just comedy hour. He is a master of comedy. And I think that is why they did it because I'm looking at my act two my act yeah. two does not feature Prince Charming as heavily as they probably should have. So throwing in three brings back Justin on stage. Three. Yeah. And three was so funny. That was probably the most lyric changes. Okay. Um, In my opinion, because like they started the song and I was like, okay, three, I love it. And then I started singing and I was like, oh, this is like not Britney's right. version at all. But like, I love it. Like one, two, three, gonna learn how to read. 
I'm work. sorry, that's hilarious. And it was all about him learning how to read because his girlfriend, because spoiler alert, oh, he's yeah, the all of the gr- in every story. Right. Um, all these girls were reading the feminine mystique, and he was like, Okay, I gotta figure out what this is all about. It's very Ken. Like very I'm sorry Ken. if you haven't seen the Barbie movie, where have you been? Get your ass to the movie right. theater. Get caught up on pop culture because I use Barbie references exclusively. So, anyways, yeah. this is um, very Ken coded. Prince Charming is so very Ken coded, and Barbie is so Barbie coded. Like it just it makes so oh much Cinderella, sense. yes, yeah, yeah. And so this was just like his little number about being like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to how to connect, how to work. you know make this work. But yeah, it was it was really good. I honestly, to me. And I'm a sucker. I obviously being a choreographer and tend to be drawn to the numbers that feature heavy choreography. Absolutely. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, cookie crumble. Anyways, um <laughs> crumble cookie. Crumble cookie. <laughs> uh yeah. anyways, um, circus, which you can also find they did a performance of it on the Today Show. Yes. Also, um, it's been in the rehearsal, the rehearsal room as well. Yes. Um, stand out um oops i did it again Off we're me. also not you're also not yeah. talking about something that i'm excited to bring up because i can feel it in your soul you're gonna ascend one of the best parts of the show was the mega mix at the end of the show yeah i agree so okay so we talked very briefly about these little wristbands that were on and i'll send a picture um so we or a video so you can post on the gram gram because i like recorded my wrist and then recorded like the audience. Oh, I um, recorded the entire Mega Mix. So did I. I have the entire Mega Mix recorded. <laughs> um, because it's after bows and yeah. the, the stage. So let me set the scene. It's after bows, the stage goes dark, and all you hear is it's Britney, bitch. And then dancing starts. Yeah. And your your wristband for the first time, the entire show lights up. Okay. It was very exciting, honestly. I thought they should have used it more throughout. It's Britney. I was bitch. like, if you're gonna no. Oh, the wristband. The wristband. I was like, if you're gonna give me a wristband, make this a concert at some moment. Like yeah. use it throughout. Yes, I agree. It was very exciting when it finally did light up at the end, but I was like, what was the point of me wearing this for like two whole acts only to have it for like the seven minute? It was really cool. It was yeah. really cool. I just felt like it was underutilized. I agree. Like if you're gonna give it to me for the whole show, use it. Yeah. No one else on Broadway is doing that. No. That is so cool. Yes. Actually, I think Anyways, Here Lies Love has it now, but the Mega Mix Sick. was great. Um, yeah. um uh the Act One closer is also banger hour. I was not expecting them to bust out Scream and Shout. They and featured Scream and Shout a, they featured it a couple of times in my we, version. We deserved that. Yeah, and I love Scream and Shout. Because choreography? Yeah. Oh my god! Blew my yeah. freaking mind. It was awesome. Crazy. Oh yeah, that Act opens Act Two. two. Opener. You um, just get the crazy boom. Chills. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, you're god. you're instantly oh brought back. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was so so good, but to me, best moment of the show. Stronger. Let's talk about it. When she broke that shoe. So it's it's Cinderella's like the, this is in the middle of act two. Everything is going bad and it is her on stage. 
when and she broke stronger. that shoe, how my jaw hit the fucking floor. Yeah, I agree completely. That technically, yeah, a masterpiece. I and when they when they had the like little necklace, the like key, the narrator's key, I was so excited. I thought they yeah. were gonna do it again. I was like, oh my god, the glitter's gonna swirl. Right. We're gonna get this like. It's gonna be right, so no. magical. It didn't happen again. I was a little no. disappointed. But that moment, yeah, boom, glitter. I don't even know if there's a video out there somewhere, but someone please get me one. Because I think it's the climax of the show because after that, everything is different. But that's like the second to last song of the show. Yeah, but the climax has to happen towards the end, anyways. No, wouldn't that be the resolution? Well, yeah, everything after is like the resolution. So is this like a second climax? Because the climax, in my opinion, <laughs> to Britney Spears. I've yeah. climaxed to Britney Spears on more than one occasion. Um, interesting. Okay. But still, Stronger is a, a jaw-dropping song in the show. It was, and then all the girlies coming back from wherever yeah. they got pulled to. And I, and then little miss ariel who didn't talk the entire show finally gets her solo yeah and she kills it and absolutely she killed. yeah killer and then, and you, then you end finish it off with dance until the world ends yeah which is perfect oh, what? yeah and everyone's up clapping um yeah. okay we should loop it all up um just this last week as we talked about in the beginning Playbill announced that Once Upon a One More Time is set to close. I have goosebumps as we're talking about this just because yeah. we just talked. Um, is set to close on September 3rd. Um, mm -hmm. real quick, because we're we're pushing time, but um I think, and you you and I have talked about this to to an extent. I think it is in the wrong theater. Mm -hmm. I think that is its biggest, biggest, biggest problem is it mm -hmm. cannot afford the space that it is in mm -hmm. do you have any other thoughts um about the closing of the show no i think I, that is its biggest thing i am very happy with the product that they created i am too i am content knowing that this is the britney spears musical well, and here's but, the deal. Camp is not there. I think that this is why I don't think it is about the writing or the, the story no. or anything. That is why is it why it's closing? Because camp does it, fine. It also might be too similar of a story to some of the ones that are currently on Broadway. I agree with that. I don't know if it was just like, oh, it's just another, you know, jukebox musical. It's just another girl rewriting her story it's just another it's just another what i don't care right they're all so good they all deserve that space yeah. and like this and angelia like you said are similar but they're also very different um in terms of like overall like yes i completely agree of, yeah of the story in the show yeah um but i don't know i i personally I'm like very excited to see the future of this show beyond Broadway because I do think that there is such a space for it. Like so I was there... talking to Todd during the break. I'm sorry, you give this to me and a group of high schoolers. I 
will dance the house down, honey, on this one. Like, it's just, it's so perfectly made. There's nothing to pushing the envelope. There's nothing but female-centered stories, high-energy dance. So that's, there's some rumble. That's one's one yeah. one more time to me. There's some rumbles of a couple things. There's some rumbles of a tour. You know, that would be really, you could you could take this and tour dates, having it be yeah. a week or six days in different towns would be really good. Yeah. We both want it to be licensing. Um, I do have something, and I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. And by anyone's hopes, I mean Kira's hopes. Um, however, in 2022, Sony Pictures did acquire the film rights to do a pro shot of the show to then be released. If they, um, don't, if they how, haven't done that yet. I, I'm assuming they filmed a pro shot. I just um, honestly, the thing that I need to live on forever is Justin's performance. Yeah, I think I think there's hope for this show. All in all, to and kind everyone of else's, end, but like little yeah. sweet immortalized. Yeah, I need that. Right. <laughs> all in all, the show is brilliant. Um, I wish Kira and I could say like you know get your ass to New York, but unless you're there yeah. in the next week and a half, um, you're missing. But if it. you are, I do know a couple of people. I some of our friends in New York went and saw it recently. Yeah, loved it. It's great. Um, I know that tons of people are showing up to support the cast in their last few weeks. Yeah. Um, I just think there's like an outpouring of love. Obviously, it's got to be heartbreaking for the performers involved. Yes. But I think they've been received with so much love and celebration of what they have created that like it's it's bittersweet but like they're getting to go out like in in a really amazing way i agree completely yeah so keep on dancing till the world ends i just can i have cast recording now <laughs> yeah a cast album too so Please. so here's the deal first off thank you for listening to this episode yes second thank off, you for our chaotic soapbox <laughs> on literally everything that like sometimes makes up the fabric of our little brains. Yeah. Yeah. Um here's what you're going to do. Um you're going to continue this conversation with us on our Instagram, which we have an Instagram. Um it is at theater podcast, T H E A T R E podcast. The thing, not the place. You're going to tell us everything you know about Once Upon a One More Time. And then you're going to get on their social media as well and say, listen, justice for a cast recording. Justice for a cast recording. Okay? That's all we want in this world. That is, I just want to be able to drive to school screaming this yes, in the car. I completely agree. Okay. So definitely give us a follow to also make sure that we can be as chaotic as possible forever. Make sure that you like follow and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast, because we want to just be space brains and talk about um, our little favorite little shows um, all the time. Um, and that allows us to do our thing. So make sure you're definitely uh, telling us how we be doing. Um, yeah. Yeah um like follow comment yeah all the things all those we want to hear from you um and after you're done going on to the once upon a one more time uh instagram page and telling them all the things they need to do to showcase this to the world okay come back in a couple weeks um so that way you can listen to another 
Fantasmic. Toxic. Britnified. And, and stronger. Ooh, episode of theater. <laughs> Keep on dancing till the world ends. World ends. Going up on a one with the pop off. Don't trip, trip. We gonna get a chop, chop. Yeah, yeah. When I say go, you don't stop, stop, stop. stop. You belong in the life, find spot. I right from the top, let it pipe down. Nah.